All right, I hope I sound better because I just had a bunch of treatment done on my office to improve the acoustics. I realize they haven't been as good as they have been before uh, since I moved into this new place, but hopefully now uh, you guys will notice uh, the difference. I want to give you guys a little bit better audio quality when we can. Danny, of course, uh, has just his bedroom is like this amazing audio quality, but uh, hopefully we sound a little bit better now. And I think we'll get started here with some news. Then we're going to do Pacific Division trade deadline preview sponsored today by wink go to trywink t-r-y-w-i-n-c dot com slash cap space to get twenty dollars off your first shipment with wink so where should we start danny i don't think we need to spend a ton of time on it but i think we have to start with the insanity at staples center on monday night where after beyond blake griffin and trevor reza getting tossed from that game there was the post-game confrontation of some sort it's still being investigated by the nba where reportedly allegedly chris paul james Harden. Trevor Reza and Gerald Green made their way through a back passage to the Clippers locker room to confront Austin Rivers and or Blake Griffin. And why that's relevant is because of the potential for suspensions. And I think that is a very real possibility, if not a likelihood in this case, because when players take that sort of affirmative action in this case to deliberate to make that sort of effect, we've seen suspensions in the past. It was all very amusing. Also, all something that I don't really have anything to add to their plenty of interesting articles and i'm sure plenty of more comedy focused podcasts that can give you your fix on that the one thing i thought was interesting was mike d'antoni saying that blake griffin ran into him and that's what led to their confrontation uh and blake's first technical double technicals between d'antoni and blake but it looked like what blake was trying to do is d'antoni was on the court and blake was trying to do the jason kid mike woodson run into him while he's on the court and pick up a technical on the coach but no one really seemed to see that and then blake uh reportedly was yelling at him to stay in the coach's box later on and the reports indicating more recently that Ariza supposedly was the impetus to go confront the Clippers in their locker room and specifically Austin Rivers and that Harden and Paul were more acting uh, as peacemakers in theory uh, but we'll see whether that's actually true there are plenty of uh, f-bombs between Chris Paul and Blake Griffin on the court Ariza tore Griffin's shorts at one point but that's all i have to say on that we'll comment on it again once we find out what the suspensions are uh what else we got here jj reddick this is unfortunate he had to leave the game at the very very end on of that nice win they had against the toronto raptors on mlk day and he had an x-ray and then an mri and that had a, a bone edema and a small cortical crack in the fibular head of his left leg so he's going to be reevaluated in about two weeks maybe a little less than that and it's a big absence for the sixers because his shooting really opens a lot of doors for them and they don't have anybody who can fully replicate his role on this team yeah the Sixers on offense we talk so much about the on off with Joel Embiid and certainly that has been massive but Redick nearly equally important with the lack of shooting that they have 107.9 offensive rating with Redick on the court that is you know near top 10 type of levels with him off the court 99.2 so basically nine points per 100 possessions better with reddick on the floor and you know worse in the league when he is off the floor so they really need what he provides the games that he was out earlier with that hamstring injury uh he they really struggled to score so uh, they're gonna have to win i think with, with defense we'll see how much Embiid is able to play but the sixers were able to get back in contact as far as the playoff race and the pistons certainly seem to be in free fall right now also but they're gonna be hard pressed to maintain the surge they've been on after a nice win over the raptors on mlk day keeping on the injury front miles turner has an i think it's an elbow ligament issue he is going to miss the pacers next three games he already missed a couple including their martin luther king day win against the utah jazz and sabonis has done pretty well in his stead al jefferson has been exhumed for those secondary backup center minutes and the pacers are certainly missing him and can use him but it has been nice yeah, that they've been they've able had to two blow sorry, out wins uh yeah. they've had two blowout wins against uh phoenix and utah uh, without turner so but yeah definitely a concern that he's going to be out uh for those four games including monday's game against utah on the positive return front steve clifford came back to practice on tuesday which is great he, there was a piece i believe was woge about the issues that he's been dealing with related to sleep and headaches and everything like that and so he took the time to to get right and silas uh, stephen silas was the interim head coach on the sidelines and he will return 
to coaching on Wednesday against the Washington Wizards. Good to see uh, Coach Clifford back. Someone who may not be playing for a while, uh, Aaron Aflalo, took a huge swing at it. Nemanja Bielica. Bielica then wrapped him up after they had been engaged multiple times during that game. We'll see how long that is. Uh, can't really, it's not like Aflalo is helping the Magic and they're now in lose as many games as possible mode. Anyway, also interestingly enough, uh, Martin Gortat, for whatever reason, still wants to go back to Orlando. You'll recall that he started his career there, was one of the more overqualified backup centers in the league behind Dwight Howard. Then they traded him away and then had to trade away Howard as well to Phoenix, where he played a little bit with Steve Nash and then, of course, has had this last phase of his career with the Wizards. And he also, Gortat, telling Josh Robbins of the Orlando Sentinel that he doesn't expect his career to continue uh, after his uh, $12.5 million per year contract expires after the 2018-19 season. I found both parts of this notable. The fact that he, I mean, he's a productive player right now and just expects to end his career after next season is surprising. I mean, there could be more to it. It's it's hard to know. And it could also just be the idea that he's not thinking past that contract or something like that. I also didn't know that he's maintained his offseason home in Orlando. And so it does make some sense. I mean, we've seen that with players. They have, they make connections somewhere and they, they, it's a bigger deal to them than maybe it was. But the idea that that could even go so far as the finishing his career there, then maybe that could be, it was in the back of the minds of the, of the Wizards when they got Yamahimi with the idea that he might have to replace him. Maybe they had a better idea of that than maybe some of us did. And I feel like you went, that you went from straight from a flower to Gortat just so I couldn't get an avalanche of jokes in. Like you were, <laughs> like you were keeping an eye on my Twitter feed during that whole fiasco. Oh, uh, well, uh, sorry to do that. I mean, uh, you certainly uh, are welcome to do I'll, I'll add, I'll add in one uh, that like most, like most Aaron Aflalo shot attempts recently, it was overly ambitious and it rimmed out. That's largely what the swing did. <laughs> uh, do you want to catch up on the balls in Lithuania? Again, another one of these sensational stories that have been better covered elsewhere, but just from a basketball perspective to let you know kind of what's going on there. They're, the team that he joined actually has withdrawn from the Baltic League in part due to this money-making scheme where the games are going to be televised on Facebook Live. They're playing basically a bunch of exhibitions against some younger teams. They played against uh, Zalgiris's uh, U18 team and uh, did beat them, but they have a bunch of men on, on their team still. And Zalgiris obviously is, is U18. They've got some decent prospects as well. Mike Schmitz had a, a good write-up of it. Uh, and Lamelo and Leangelo played more in that game when they actually played a real game in the Lithuanian league. They played like 10 and 5 minutes and looked pretty overwhelmed, which not a surprise given uh, Lamelo's age and Leangelo's uh, non-prospect status. Um, the Sacramento Kings, some interesting news again in light of uh, some of George Hill's protestations uh, as well. Dave Yeager announcing that from here on out, the Kings are going to go young. They'll have two or three vets just sitting out the game uh, on a game-to-game basis uh, per Dave Yeager. And it sounds like they're going to have a schedule. That was something I heard today that basically they'll know ahead of time what games are doing, whether that will filter to the media and to opponents is their thing. But there are certain elements why that could be good for those guys just to kind of know. But I'm sure that can be frustrating when, yes, they got paid a lot of money. All that's one hallmark of the Sacramento Kings contracts for these vets is that they all got paid. But, you know, that that is marking a different phase of this process. Yeah, I mean, and those guys went in that direction as opposed to kind of the David West direction. Um, and so that'll mean George Hill, Zach Randolph, Costa Kufos will probably be involved there. Garrett Temple will probably be involved there. Vince Carter certainly will be involved in that. And for the Kings, who we noted have gotten incredibly lucky because they're 30th in offense and 30th in defense, they really have the fundamentals of a team that's one of the worst teams of all time. And now to not be playing these vets, who are still among some of their best players, although again, it's you question how effective they could have possibly been given how bad the team has been to date so we'll get to five i mean and this is a needed step frankly and of course a reason why we were so critical of these signings for the kings to begin with because they needed to figure out what they had in guys like collie sign and then especially at the two guard position where they still have a million two guards justin jackson is a three probably the only three in the roster who's young healed harry giles maybe will finally get some action malachi richardson they'll have to make a decision next year on his fourth year rookie option scow frank mason um, Papa G has barely played at all uh, this year either. So they got a ton of guys that they need to look at. They got those eight guys who are on rookie scale contracts. Uh, but remember when everyone was like, oh man, Scott Perry, that guy did such an awesome job. He's totally rebuilt the Kings with these great veteran signings. And then 
he's gonna be such a huge loss going to the knicks well all the people who are saying that uh not exactly coming back to say hey you know i might have been wrong for giving him all those all that praise back then one personnel move that surprised me not in terms of what it was but the timing of it was the pistons converting dwight bikes from a two-way contract to a full roster spot the reason why that is intriguing is we're still a couple weeks from the trade deadline and so now that's the 15th and final roster spot for well, the Detroit I Pistons. think the reason for it is that they January 15th was the last day to sign another two-way contract they knew they were going to convert him eventually so mm-hmm. you might as well convert him now and then you can send someone else to a two-way contract I, I don't know whether they did that or not yet but that that would be the reason as far as I yeah it, it. it would be the reason but the concern is now like in terms of having that the tactics of having that open roster spot for the trade deadline I would say that's more valuable than having a guy available on a two-way contract for the rest of this year especially because I mean they're gonna they're gonna need something there and, and I don't know exactly how they're gonna use it so maybe they were just, they aren't gonna make a move where they add a guy in that sort of a way but it just it seemed like it was unnecessarily constricting in that way for me but good for bikes a, a guy who yes. has been on the fringes at times he had a cup of coffee i think in toronto for a short period and for him to finally get a uh, fully guaranteed nba contract for the rest of the year and he's actually been playing reasonably well for the pistons in the backup point guard role with reggie jackson out oh i know and, which one you want to do next now right well i feel like we have to well let's do deandre jordan uh oh, just because God, i tried i tried to set you up you complain that i didn't set up your no because i because i feel like time. we have to to, we have to close with the cherry on top so we'll close with the cherry on top but so deandre jordan has this is the first time he's missed time due to injury correct the first time at all yes i mean i think he's been suspended or you know maybe missed a game yes. or two due to personal reasons over the years but one of the most durable players in nba history and he'll miss at least one more game now uh he did not play in their game against houston on monday but dj is sprained his ankle but just i i wanted to take a second to note the fact that he is just so unbelievably durable and it's part of why you know he's someone who we've always felt uh, these last few years uh, has been overrated uh, by the media by his own coach uh, pumping him up which is probably why he's so overrated by the media Uh, but an underrated aspect of his career is that he just has never gotten hurt and is always uh, available especially a guy who plays a very athletic physical game uh and to avoid getting hurt uh, with the type of game that he has very impressive uh, when you consider how high he gets up to never have like you know tendonitis or anything like that or sprain his ankle before this is pretty remarkable and when you think about where a guy is getting rebounds offensively and defensively you get yourself in a lot of positions where you can turn an ankle we saw that with lebron on martin luther king day when kavon looney he basically jumped a little bit and kavon looney landed on his ankle that wasn't lebron's fault that was actually looney's fault but those sorts of things not keeping deandre out obviously he has sprained his ankle in the past it's just not been severe enough for him to miss games very impressive and impressive for the clippers to win a game without him against the rockets even though the rockets are without hard and they're very capable team and the Bucks continue trying to catch them all they are two-thirds of the way there now having signed Marshall Plumley to a two-way contract so now they have given two of the three Plumley brothers their current contracts in the NBA and now they just have to get Mason on their books before the end of this to to really make it a, a true troika but impressive nonetheless I have nothing else to add on that. Let's do a quick read here, and then we'll get back with the Pacific Division trade deadline. And that read is from Wink. They are back, and it was great timing because I still had a bottle of theirs left over from when they were a sponsor before. And my sister, who is a bartender at this really nice place in Chicago, been she's a professional bartender, been doing it for basically 15 years now. She was over for Christmas with a bunch of my family. She was kind enough to make us this unbelievable Christmas dinner, and so I had some wine. I, I I put that bottle in the fridge it was from a wonderful wine company it's their white blend 2015 that i was sent by wink and i'm certainly not someone who knows anything about wine i enjoy it on occasion when it's the right kind i don't necessarily like all wine by any means but i'm not very good at selecting the ones that i like and don't like and so when i went through wink's palate testing profile which takes you know basically about two minutes to fill out they actually sent me something that i really enjoyed but more impressively my sister was like wow what is this this 
is awesome uh i she was shocked that i had actually gotten something that was good that she liked it and was up to her standards so, so that was just w- one example of what i've gotten from wink it's been really tasty every month that you can get new delicious wines but there are no membership fees you can skip any month you can cancel any time shipping is complimentary and if you don't like a bottle they send you they'll replace it with a bottle you love with, with no questions asked so you can discover great wine today at trywink t-r-y-w-i-n-c.com slash cap space that slash cap space url easy to remember because we talk about it all the time here on the program that's trywink t-r-y-w-i-n-c.com slash cap space they'll get you 20 dollars off your first shipment trywink.com slash cap space so i guess what do you want to do just go in uh whatever order these are in from last year <laughs> i actually changed the order for the rest of them because i felt guilty and i put them in the order that i thought they were the most interesting or most relevant that sort of yeah. a thing so, so only listen to the beginning of the podcast here is what you're saying well i mean there's some star power in terms of teams later in this i mean because generally speaking teams at that are the best often don't have much to do right now in the current format it's not like in other years so but the clippers i think are a very challenging situation i mean that's another thing for me interest is about what does the gm have to do and for them I think it focuses on just some big definitional decisions that Lawrence Frank, Steve Ballmer, probably most importantly, need to make about where this team is, where this team is going, and in many ways, where they are right now. Yeah, just to reset where they are right now, 22 and 21 after that big win over Houston last night, projected for a 43 and 39 record per our friends at 538, 75% chance of making the playoffs is what they are given right now, which is has them projected as the eighth seed just above a the trailblazers they are only one hundred twenty-two thousand dollars under the tax and not only is it the luxury tax but it's the repeater tax which increases all the brackets by one dollar and they were the first team to pay the repeater tax last year though not very much of it they're just barely over and so really what they need to do to clear out and if they want to be a tax team again and avoid the repeater tax is they have to stay out this year and stay out next year that'll basically reset the clock because if you've paid the tax and three out of the previous four years then you have to play it that year so basically the way to do it if you want to pay the tax in the most possible years without doing the repeater tax ever is you go in for three straight years out for two straight years in for three straight years that's if you want to spend it as much as possible without doing the repeater tax uh they have an open roster spot and also as we will see pretty important here because they spent a a lot of money in their trades over the summer to help pay guys salaries like jamal crawford they have less than five hundred thousand dollars of the over five million that you're allotted to send out in cash that five hundred thousand is not enough to pay bryce johnson's salary so they will either need to give up a, a smallish asset assuming that's one way they want to they could clear a roster spot and it certainly would be a good way to do it or they can just like hope against hope i guess or they could do something bigger but oh the other thing we should mention is that they are also hard capped by virtue of the a couple different things but they by virtue of acquiring Danola galinari by sign and trade is the one that i like to use so so I don't know. I don't think that's going to be as big a factor for them as the tax itself, but it could be. And so their motivation. Yeah, the, to, and they are hard capped at $6 million right. over the tax, which is where the apron is. So if they want to stay out of the tax, obviously that hard cap it does not come into play. Sure. And so their primary goal should be to get a little bit of extra breathing room, just even get enough so that you can sign guys to 10 days and rest of the season contracts. Once you know who you want would be big. They're relying a lot on their two-way contracts and do that. And then the second secondary goal is more of an if then which is if they decide to move on from lou williams deandre jordan or both doing so and my instinct right now is that they won't whether they should or not is a different question and i would say they should yeah my discussion with mark stein yesterday definitely worth listening if you haven't yet talked about me some potential dj destinations mark saying that steve ballmer still wants to win can't really stomach the idea of a rebuild and mark also indicating that the bucks were a team that could potentially be interested in DeAndre and so my question is do you think there's a viable trade there between the Bucks and Clippers maybe it's better to save that for the Bucks section because I think it's really kind of more about the Bucks and their decision to do that and what they would want to give up but you know you would imagine that with the Bucks pretty limited in the first rounders that they have available after that Eric Bledsoe trade now uh, their first rounder uh, is protected in various iterations 
all the way out until 2021 and probably will not go this year certainly uh and maybe not next year either considering that they so it's most likely to go in 2020 when it's top eight protected it's 17 to 30 protected the next two years and you imagine the bucks will have above uh the 17th worst record so they'll they'll be high enough up in the hierarchy to not send that maybe it'll go but probably not i'm thinking so they would have to send out a very distant first round pick if they wanted to go that route or really it's probably jabari parker is the other guy uh who would have to be in a trade like that it would be surprising to me also because you would do that trade to keep deandre jordan and the price there is going to be very high and the bucks have a lot of other commitments on their scale something that struck out to me was uh Woj was was a part of the jump today and he talked about the idea that he his his read on the situation is that the clippers aren't even willing to take on long-term money in the form of tristan thompson a player who could actually help them who fits in with that balmer idea of not rebuilding and so if that if they if yeah, their goal also is a terrible fit next to blake griffin i think i agree with that too but if but he, i think the point that was that was said that i thought was it was interesting was the idea that they don't if they don't want to take on money because that is another way to make a deandre trade work but if they don't want to do that as a part of a deal then it, it gets a lot harder and with, yeah, because the, as you've mentioned the paucity of expiring contracts around the league if they want to get something back where they're not taking on money i mean it's going to be difficult right and you could say well hey maybe the clippers could take on some bad salary and then get back even more for deandre but clearly taking on bad salary is not appear to be in their mission statement right now and unfortunately for them the team that has the biggest expiring contract that would kind of make sense for them is Derek favors but the jazz would have no interest in deandre and it would have to extend to then a three-team yeah. trade and the more teams you add in there the harder it is to make it work yeah so i mean cleveland the bucks as logical trade partners i mean even if the bucks wanted to send back jabari he only makes 6.8 million right now so you would have to get some more matching salary and the bucks don't really have anything else that's expiring to get up to deandre's over 22 million this year so they would have to take back adele of or probably more most likely to since he expires a little bit earlier than uh either henson or del vadova so uh and then you know i'm not sure even if you could get back jabari parker and you also had to take back i mean that's an interesting one if you were the clippers and you could trade deandre for jabari parker who's gonna be a restricted free agent you have to pay him a, a pretty penny and toledovich for deandre do you make that trade the blake griffin of it all makes it a lot harder because you can't play jabari parker in the position where he would shine the most and you've already made a commitment that you can't yeah. really supersede you would really have to play blake at the five and jabari at the four probably and just say hey we're gonna switch everything that would have to be your your defense wow a team with those two guys and and tay dosich would actually be so much fun to watch like blake that is actually uh, fine on defense oh, oh you're talking about on offense yeah yeah oh yeah. yeah oh yeah on offense like they would just be phenomenal i mean you have passing and shot making and different different kinds of places one other fundamental thing that i think we should go through is just exactly what's going on with the clippers pick situation so they only have two obligations out there one of them is easy it's their 2018 second the other one is this first round pick that they owe to boston originally via memphis and what it is is it's it's not this year this year they have their own pick but next year it's top 14 protected in 2019 then if it rolls over it's the same in 2020 and then it becomes a single second round pick so again this is another part that factors into what the clippers want to do and you could say that even if they don't rebuild they could still miss the playoffs just depending on how these things shake out but it is a, a, a small factor in consideration and the other part of that that I've, I, I wanted to make a quick note of is those years are not only lottery protection, but that is also when the new lottery reform kicks in. And so the teams that have the best records among lottery teams actually have a much better chance of getting into the top three. So it could even be one of those circumstances like we saw back with Miami and Justice Winslow, where they could go for it, be a little bit short, and then just push hard at the very, very end and actually have a, have a better than a puncher's chance of getting something for it. Do you recall who they squandered that 2019 pick on? It was Jeff Green. That's right. It was Lance Stevenson for Jeff Green. Mm -hmm. And that was, I went ballistic on Twitter because that actually looked like a great deal for the Clippers at first. And then it's like, oh, wait, they're giving up a first round pick in the trade. And then everything went crazy. God, like Lance Stevenson was on the Clippers. That's crazy to imagine. He's been uh, quite itinerant uh, these last few years, uh, but seems to be back at, at home in, in Indiana. Um, another guy we got to talk about here for them is Lou Williams. He is making. Lou, uh, sorry, go ahead. Make, no, I, I awkwardly paused for no reason. Uh, Lou Williams making $7 million 
million in this the last year that three-year 21 million dollar deal that he signed with the lakers and there's some talk that they could try to extend lou uh, about four years a little over 40 million is what the the most they could offer him in an extension but he's gonna be 31 obviously playing at a fantastic level uh this season and if they're trying to win a guy they probably would want to bring back but i think it's interesting to look at just in this analysis what things would look like for them next season we assume austin rivers will opt into his 12 million deandre you know if he opts out which he may not remember he has a player option that's a possibility he could just opt into that 24 million i don't think that would be a wise move but maybe there's just nothing else out there for him uh but let's say he'll be at least you know 20 million a year next year and then teodosic has a player option for 6.3 million uh patrick Beverly non-guaranteed next year but you would imagine they'd bring him back at five million even after the injury Wes Johnson is probably going to opt in as well they have a few moving parts but most of them seem pretty predictable and then even they're 14 million dollars basically over the cap at that point and so Lou Williams if you're going to bring him back that's probably putting you in the tax might put you pretty close to the hard cap as well if they wanted to do something else again with in terms of a side and trade or using the full mid-level exception or the BAE which they will uh be able to use it next year so not sure that they really can afford lou and jordan unless they can get off of a little bit of money for next year so that's just something to keep in mind as well i mean the, those bird rights can be valuable but how much are they really going to want to pay because again they would be in the repeater tax next year even if they don't go in this year uh how much are they really going to want to pay to someone like lou williams at, at age 31 despite this great season that he's having but then again danny you know what is his trade value really you know if they did want to move him it's hard because Lou is a, a wonderful player and I mean his his impact on keeping the Clippers afloat should not be understated because it, it's essential like they're in the mix for the playoffs in no small part because Lou Williams has been masterful for the last three or so weeks and and really good in the other time too it was just less important because they had healthier guys there aren't really especially like because he doesn't take any of the great teams over the top you know this is like he doesn't make the Rockets or the Cavs or the Celtics or anybody like that like oh they're the favorites over the Warriors he would make a lot of the like pretty good teams better the one that I've thought of would be the most interesting in terms of that now it's even different with the Redick injury is Philly because in Philly they've had so much trouble getting their offense going when Simmons and Embiid are off the floor and Lou Williams can do a lot of that himself so they could kind of run a stagger of sorts with him out there and just say hey Lou do your thing that would be could really use him too I think yeah Detroit could use him a lot and so there are teams that have that value but again you have to find the the component pieces to trade back and you would be getting a rental price for him you're not getting the rental plus bird rights in all likelihood i and especially not with a team like philadelphia because they're probably gonna have to renounce him so i would say they would be looking of course for a first round pick or a young player of commensurate value that would be hard just because especially if you take the best teams off the list then you're talking about better first round picks and those you know the sixers aren't going to give up their own first round pick for lou williams because their own first round pick is going to be in the late teens in all likelihood so maybe you can do one of those you know you give a little something else back and 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 maybe that works but i'm thinking it, yeah. he's probably more in the high second range and i don't think that's gonna be enough for the clippers and that's why they're gonna keep him yeah i mean i'd probably if you had to say hey you know what like either make the playoffs and because they're they've won too many games now really to tank it and get a good draft pick we thought that they might be in that kind of category but with blake coming back so quickly and lou keeping them afloat the way he has uh Teodosic being able to come back they've been pretty good since he's been back as well although certainly benefiting from some great three-point shooting luck uh, when he's been out there nonetheless the fact that they have gotten back into things probably makes them a lot less interesting from a trade perspective dj maybe in this category as well though i would say they probably could do better without dj than they could without lou williams i think lou williams at least for this particular team is more valuable especially when you consider the other options they have at center i mean montrez harrell yeah. has looked good for them willie reed is is obviously more limited and also deandre is blatantly overrated from a defensive perspective it's not that he's bad but he's not an all defensive guy or anything like that and so and and especially if they want to go to more of a switch heavy system they could do some less conventional things they could actually maybe even play a little bit of Blake Griffin at the five if they have some wings depending on what they got for DJ and then the other part that's worth considering just in terms of how the Clippers look at this next couple weeks is they also have young guys on desirable contracts they have Sam Decker Jawan Jawan Evans we'll see where people are with him Harrell just getting his restricted rights for certain teams could be very valuable 
just because that way you don't have to use an exception. You don't have to tie in with that. And then if they wanted to move Willie Reed, like let's say he wanted more playing time, he doesn't have a no trade clause. He doesn't have an implicit one. And then the other question, I think this is one that has become less interesting because they've been better, is if Tay Dosich had been available, if they'd been going in that direction, I, I don't know how teams would have approached that. We don't really have much of a precedent for a guy like Tay Dosich on the trade market who has a player option for next year and then restricted rights and all that. Yeah, Tay Dosich has a player option for next year, but it's also only $2.1 million guaranteed if he opts in. And he also has a 15% trade kicker. So a lot of interesting aspects to, to his contract. And then the last thing we can talk about too, though, is just how are they going to get a little bit more breathing room here? Bryce Johnson already had his third year rookie option declined, uh, really just has not panned out in any way whatsoever, uh, isn't playing at all. I mean, they've played a ton of two-way guys, second round picks, basically anyone they can get their hands on with before they have even tried him this year. I and mean, they haven't even tried him this year. So you imagine he would be first in the pecking order with his 1.3 million if they can just get off of that money. They could include up to 500,000 to pay his salary, but that's still 800,000 and plus a roster spot. Although he could probably just be accepted and then waived pretty quickly, but you have to at least clear out a roster spot to take him into the trade before you can waive him. Um, so they are going to have to throw something else in there. You mentioned that they don't have a second rounder this year and they have all their own picks after that. But, you know, do you really want to give up a second round pick just to create some breathing room? Maybe, maybe what they could do is they could move on from both Bryce Johnson and one of Jawan Evans or Sundarius Thornwell, who's uh, guaranteed for next year as well. Um, Thornwell has not shown particularly much either as, as an older rookie. So maybe you get, get rid of both of those guys and that's worth enough to uh, give up a, a future second round pick. One other just basic GMing note that I want to make is that part of the reason this is so hard for the Clippers, beyond that they have to pay money to, to roster spot guys because they gave away draft picks and they you know haven't had they've had success on the minimum market but really beyond that in terms of multi-year contracts has been a challenge they have 1.4 million in dead money that is not the dead money to paul pierce carlos delfino jordan farmer and and mirslav rajulica are still on their books and they use the stretch provision because they had to to either deal with hard cap issues at one point and just to, to make everything work and those things have real consequences because they affect how you build your team moving forward and so that's having a good gm drafting well all of those things really matter all right anything else you want to say on them or should we move on to phoenix let's move on to the suns the suns are in a, a another definitional spot but in a different way so they have about 8.8 million in space plus theoretically the room exception if they wanted to use it they do not have an open roster spot but they could create one if they needed to and but the reason why they have a more complicated definitional situation is because they have about 17 million that's my tentative number for them in space for 2018-19 and they could keep that they could sign guys with that they could do anything of sort with that but they could also use greg monroe's expiring contract use some of the other things they have to take on 2018-19 money now extracting resources that could be draft picks that could be young players and so they just need to figure out what they want it will be offer dependent but where they go is actually interesting yeah and in the Bledsoe discussions they could have extracted a lot more value likely from the bucks had they been willing to take on long-term money they were not and that one sizable expiring contract in greg monroe and now monroe is basically barely playing for them uh tyson chandler and alex len are, are playing above him which is certainly a disappointment i actually thought monroe could help them a, a little bit but he really just uh, has not been good there or certainly jay triano has not liked what he's given them and so monroe it seems like the chances of him being traded are very small unless again as you said they're willing to take on the long-term money and hope to get you know i mean this is one of those ones where hey greg monroe maybe can help a team and then you also take back some bad money and then what he can help you with which is not that much I, I don't think at this point or at least that's the perception if he's not even playing on the woeful suns certainly was good for the bucks last year uh and then also the taking back of the bad money that equals out maybe to a first round pick or, or something else that would be juicy for them but i still predict to I me mean, it seems like they are not willing to take on the more money their free agent dollars will go a little bit further in this offseason they could get up to over 20 million in space if they moved on from 
Alan Williams, who has been out all year with that torn meniscus and has 5.5 million guaranteed next season, or I'm sorry, non-guaranteed next season. But it just doesn't feel that way. It feels to me like it's just going to be Greg Monroe is going to get bought out and that's inevitably what's going to happen here because they just have some weird priorities that I don't really quite understand there. I agree with you. And the other kind of different thing with the Suns and some of these other teams, like let's say the Atlanta Hawks, who we'll talk about when we do their section, is they don't, because they don't have many expiring contracts other than Greg Monroe, what tanking looks like for them is more just playing their young guys more, assuming you think their young guys are worse than their older guys, rather than unloading players. They don't have the Marco Bellinelli's or the Ersan Ilyasovas. Maybe they could move on from Troy Daniels. I don't think his value is nearly as high. And also, Troy Daniels has guaranteed money for next year. It's it's only $3.3 million, but it is still guaranteed money. So yeah, I mean, they, they got a second rounder from the Grizzlies to get off of that money. Correct. And so there isn't, th- there isn't that much for them to do unless they want to kind of take one of those big swings. One big mistake for me with them would be if they tried to get off of Tyson Chandler or Jared Dudley, having a little bit more money at this point. You know, maybe late next year, if they have somebody that in their crosshairs that says, hey, I want to come, but I need X amount of money, then you handle this a little bit differently. But they're not at that point yet. They don't know what they're going to do with their draft pick. So I wouldn't try to get out of that money now, pay 20 February of 2018 prices for something you might and probably won't need in July of 2018. Yeah, and it all depends what they're supposed to be, right? They don't want to take on the bad long-term money. I mean, maybe we'll see a similar approach this summer as we did last summer, where they'll try to go after some big free agents and then not get them and then kind of shut it down again. Although, I mean, they basically, if they don't use the extra space that they had this year, I mean, they already kind of blew it because with Alex Len, you know, who's they'll still have full bird rights on it, but you know, you imagine he'd probably want to just go somewhere else at this point. Uh, those guys who signed the qualifying offers very, very rarely resign. Um, it just seems like a wasted opportunity to me for them because remember, they also had Alan Williams' really small cap hold they could have used as well to just not use this money to absorb salary. But you know, with Robert Sarver rumored to potentially be the next guy who's going to sell a team, maybe they just the mandate is keep costs low right now in terms of just actual dollars because they really have no traction right now in their market with how bad they've been for these last few years uh more than a few years really since 2010 that they've uh, made the playoffs but i think that would make more sense another thing that i i would want to look into if i were them maybe assuming that they're trying to get better for next year and you know they have so many draft picks that you think they're going to try to do that at some point is they got to get a point guard on this team in the draft not a strong point guard draft not a particularly strong point guard free agent class maybe what they could do especially with uh mark stein was talking about some chatter that alfred payton could be on the block he might be someone that they could pursue just to get his restricted rights and maybe bring him back on a bargain contract and see if he can help them out at point guard although again you know they probably would like someone who can shoot a little better there they could also try to get somebody who's more of a lottery ticket like dante exum because this is a year where having somebody's restricted rights is a really nice value if you can just wait them out and the problem with Exum is his cap hold is way higher than his salary is going to be, so he might not be as good for them. But just getting players who they can wield that and just wait it out because that's pretty much what they're going to be doing anyway. So if they could pull that with anybody, I mean, hell, Montrez Harrell could be another example of this. Just players who maybe aren't super valuable for their teams, but you don't think they're going to take their qualifying offer and that you could just see and their their lottery tickets in that way, I think that would be worthwhile for them. Yeah, interestingly enough, uh, TJ Warren, you know, the, they came to the extension with him so it'll be difficult to trade him but maybe some of their young guys they might look to kind of i mean i don't know about selling high on them necessarily but just to sell before they get any lower in terms of value like chris or bender though bender has had some moments as a starting power forward with chris out the hip injury recently um and then also they're rumored to really want to get off of tyson chandler or or maybe jared dudley and brandon knight uh only uh three more years uh, on his contract at at, uh, over 14 million average per season uh out this year of course with that torn acl so i mean maybe they could try to get off of some money but again i don't know why they would really want to do that i guess if unless they and chandler would only have one year left too so they could always if they really get something juicy in free agency they could always just stretch him this offseason so i don't think it would really make a ton of sense to try to move on from him and give up assets to do so right now one other proactive thing that they could consider is if they have a good use of any of that 8.8 million this year but they don't have another guy that they want to do on roster spot they could have an idea if basically kind of do a a quick one two and 
have negotiated, I think this would work chronologically, a buyout with Greg Monroe and then use that roster spot right away to pick up some filler salary and probably dump that guy as well just to get something for that space as opposed to doing it if you're going to buy out Greg Monroe anyway because you don't have any good offers. Oh, we forgot to say the player most likely to be traded for the Clippers. I think Bryce Johnson is clearly the yes, one Yes, absolutely. Me. Uh, who would you say it is for the Suns? Greg Monroe, just because nobody else really yeah. makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, I would say maybe Troy Daniels would be second uh, if they want to get Devon Reed some more playing time. Their second round pick this year, and and Daniels maybe the thought is that he can be a, a designated gunner for a team that, that could use it. Let's get to L.A. now. Uh, they're slightly over the cap right now. They have a roster spot available. Seems pretty clear their motivations. If anything, you know they maybe want to see if they can get something for Julius Randle, but they are most focused on clearing out potential space for the summer of 2018 just not sure how easy it is to do that right now but the way lebron james likes to operate is hey you know what like if you're gonna bring me in you need to just have the space first that was his demand for cleveland back in 2014 before he even agreed to sign there and so it would comp or would make things a lot less complicated for the lakers if they could move some salary right now i'm just it's gonna be tough the other reason you would like to move it now beyond the fact that you have it done is because right now julius randall is an asset and if it gets to the situation where they have to to make a similar decision like Kelly Olynyk, where they have to lose him for nothing just because they need to clear that money, then that's negative. And Julius Randle is not providing a ton of, you know, he's helping their team right now, but it's not long-term value because it's for this season when they don't have their own draft pick and they're not making a lot of noise. He's not going to push them to the playoffs or anything. So if, if theoretically, Randle, because the big benefit that he has is a selling point, A, he has a cheap salary right now, and then you get his restricted rights, which are going to be valuable to a point. I mean, he's, he doesn't seem like somebody who's going to get overpaid on this market. So if you you could do that and say, hey, that's an enticement. It's probably not the whole thing, but it's an enticement to get off Jordan Clarkson. Probably not dang. Obviously not dang. That would be great because otherwise you're using other things. The one other asset that the Lakers get if they wait is their 2019 first round pick because they can't trade it right now because that would violate the Stepien rule. But once the draft occurs, they can. The downside there though is that if they're using that first round pick to trade Jordan Clarkson, whoever they're trading Jordan Clarkson to or dang theoretically, knows that that pick is going to be less valuable because they're doing that to clear space for somebody in particular. So they're not going to treat that as, oh, it's a potential lottery pick. No, they're going to be treating that as a bottom five to 10 pick. Yeah, that's a a good point. I I like that one. Um, Also, I mean, traditionally you would say, hey, Brooke Lopez, pretty decent player on a team that's going nowhere. KCP, pretty decent player on a team that's going nowhere. Why wouldn't they look to trade those guys? Well, a a couple of reasons. Number one, they might want to just maintain them. They could pay KCP a little bit more though really keeping him on the roster probably doesn't do much for you with kcb because his capital is 120 percent of what he's making this year so and so you don't get any kind of an advantage with a, a lower capital to create more space so maybe just they want to keep him around just to because it's rich paul and whatever but uh and he wouldn't want to be traded but you would imagine he'd probably want to be traded to a team that was a contender lopez a little different because they would have his bird rights but again you know whatever he's going to make next year his capital to be big enough that it's way bigger than whatever he's going to make next year so you know they could always just re-sign him in free agency if he really wanted to be there I, mean, I would certainly listen on those guys but then of course the issue there is well all right those guys are making 17.7 and 22.6 million this year they need those contracts to expire still so you can really only take back expiring contracts and again you run into this issue where there just are no expiring contracts to send back for these guys even if they can still play a little bit kcp much more so i think than lopez yeah that's that's a really good point something else that is in that will be in my sporting news piece which is probably going to come out this week about how the lakers can get to two max spots is this concept with brooke lopez which is actually more paralleling dirk Nowitzki, is the idea that they could use his bird rights to have him sign using the room exception or the minimum theoretically either way and then they would have full bird rights after that and so that's more valuable for a team like the lakers who was theoretically open to spending a lot of money so if they fill their boat this year and lopez wants to is game for that you can't have a joe smith situation but as long as you're within the guidelines of the rules you can do that maybe they could use that way they can't do that with kcp but as you said the clutch sports part of this is important you know i think that was a part of what brought kcp to the lakers in the first place and you want to make sure that they're happy and it's also probably too early to um make a decision in terms of like trading ingram or lonzo ball or anything like that and then the other expiring contract that they can't use because they're trying to clear this money is Corey brewer like on another team Corey brewer you know you could use that to add some money for next year especially with that but you can't do that if you're the lakers because you don't 
don't want to add any money yeah and brewer i'm not i don't think he can help it either and maybe maybe there could even be you know a buyout with kcp or, or brooke lopez if they get there um and that might make it a little bit more sense but um who's uh so and i think you know dang it's already been talked about i mean there's just there's no way they can pay enough right now to get someone to take dang i don't think that there's a way to do it with clarkson um and randall you know we'll see what happens with him he's got that 13 million dollar cap hold over the offseason um most likely player to be traded though as for we just said why they're not going to trade anybody clarkson's most likely just because there are you you could say that it's smart to make a move on randall now but with clarkson there are other sweeteners they could theoretically add in to make him to move him and he's the thus the most likely piece yeah and randall i mean it might make sense to move him but you probably want to bring him back uh, with his restricted rights if you do strike out in free agency and so i don't think anybody is going to give up a first rounder for randall and then you know if you're getting into less than that i'd probably would rather just keep him around on the chance that you do strike out in free agency or maybe you don't spend all that money and you just hold on to that cap hold and, and you're able to bring him back um but yeah i would agree with you i guess it's clarkson either clarkson or randall probably clarkson i guess um let's go to the kings now though the kings oh, actually here are... let, let's do a read first sorry my bad. sure <laughs> and that read is for you fantasy basketball fans out there you should really try out draft if you haven't yet it's daily fantasy basketball but it's a lot different than traditional salary cap leagues because you play with real live snake drafts against other people it's just similar to your season long league draft and it's daily fantasy so it's just one night if you want to watch the games get a little bit of extra entertainment or ring for your guys but that snake draft works a lot better because now if you're like one of these pro fantasy players pro daily fantasy players you can't just submit 100 lineups and kind of cover all your bases and expect to win instead you'd have to anticipate what's going to happen every draft you can't really do that it's not cost effective for these guys to spend two or three minutes per draft but it is for you and it's fun they start every couple of minutes you could join one right now if you wanted to and you can play for cold hard cash and draft start for just a dollar so there's a draft for anyone the way to get started with them you just search draft in the app store or play from your computer on draft.com for a limited time all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit via my promo code capspace easy remember we've been talking about that ad nauseum of course on this program that promo code capspace you can play a real money game for free that's the draft app or draft.com use promo code catspace and let them know that you came from us so now the long way to sacramento king yeah gonna be waiting a lot longer for the kings but <laughs> 4.2 million in space plus the room exception the big downside with them is that they have no open roster spots and they have so many guys on rookie scale contracts meaning that they've yeah. really committed to them oh that- by the way you're talking about the room exception just so everyone's clear with what that is that's just a, an exception to sign a trader it's not player it's not a trade exception and that's worth about 4.2 million this season for teams that that operated under the cap uh, during the offseason so uh that's just when danny talks about that if you're a new listener you know i know we've gotten a few new ones who have not listened uh you know over the offseason that's what the room exception is so not something you can you really is they would only use that to sign you know a, a free agent which you know seems rather unlikely in the king's circumstance it does and thank you for making that clarification it's good for good for people to have and so they don't have any roster spots and the king's situation is even more complicated because they have these two lucrative players options for next year garrett temple at 8 million costa kufos at 8.7 million i at present moment expect both those guys to opt in just because security of the money involved and if both of them do my estimates have them at about 10 million spaces yours i think yours is about about that too right yeah and that would include uh, the very high draft pick uh, correct that they will glean, uh, of course yeah so I, um i think they're projected right now for uh, number one or number two uh, i would imagine but yeah i mean i expect both those guys uh, to opt in uh, in this market temple actually has played pretty well at times kufos you know again we know what the center market is in terms of how it impacts i mean they really they only have one player on this team right now who is scheduled to be a free agent if you assume those two guys opt in and that's uh 41 year old vince carter making eight million this season so i mean you have to imagine next year's kings will look very similar i mean especially with now the news that we talked about in the first segment about how they're going to try and go younger uh, they would be fools not to try to move george hill and zach randolph but those contracts uh randolph do 11.6 million next year hill do 19 million next year and then has a 1 million dollar guarantee uh on his 18 million dollar non-guaranteed salary in 2019-20 and you know he's gonna be 32 and 33 those years so hard to imagine that anyone would really be particularly interested in hill at this point i mean do you feel that way i do and even the teams that would be maybe 
interested in him, there isn't really a structure for the trade. Like somebody brought up in on the Twitter NBA show yesterday, they're like, oh, he would be a good fit in Detroit. I'm like, yeah, you know, he would be a good fit in Detroit for while Reggie Jackson's out, but there's no realistic way to make that trade work. I've yeah, I mean, with- well, it would have to be the Kings taking on money. It would have to be, right. you know, John John Luer and, you know, uh, Langton Galloway who would have to go back to the King, uh, you know, so, something like that. And then maybe John Luer, Langton Galloway and a first for George Hill, you know, maybe that that would be perhaps something like that. But I mean, Luer, two years left after this one, Galloway, two years left after this one, you know, making a combined 18 million per season. You know, I'm not sure even if a first rounder is enough to, to take those guys on, but at least you're getting off a hill who's also making this money. So maybe, maybe that's the sort of thing that could work potentially, but I certainly would, would love to make a trade like that if I were the Kings right now. And it's in some ways, it's a good thing for them that all they can do are these kind of more proactive moves, because then those are the conversations you're having. And with, with Vince Carter, I think you really talk to him, see what he wants to do. I, I don't think it's going to be easy to, to move him. And, and then the other, the roster spot crunch here is very real also, because they only have one guy in an expiring contract. They're adding in two rookies because they have their own pick this year and they have a, they have a second. It's not their own. It's the, I believe it's the second. Oh no, I think they have their own second and Portland second. So they could consolidate those they could do a couple different things but unless they're willing to move on from some of these guys it's going to be hard for them and so they they're because they committed multiple years to hill and to randolph that's a real big challenge for them yeah and they may try to just take the temperature of teams on someone like a malachi richardson who you know i think is probably almost a negative asset at this point with guaranteed money for next year or you just hold on to all those guys and kind of you know if the if guys don't work out then you decline their rookie options or you just you know let them leave the team or or whatever uh but yeah as you mentioned i mean they do have gonna have that roster spot crunch a little bit and presumably they'll want to try at least bring some new vets in um you think there's anyone who'd be interested in zach randolph no i mean other than other than as a way to get rid of some oh a contract that's even worse but that's different i don't think anybody's going to see him as a positive asset at his at his money i mean 11.7 million for next year we've talked about the center market like that's high-end backup money for a guy who's older at a skill set that's not super valuable in the league and who having his bird rights which would then be early bird rights not full bird rights would not be that valuable yeah so i mean i certainly would urge the kings i mean we said hey don't sign these contracts to begin with because you can just take bad contracts into space but now you know especially because those contracts go a year later it's probably less valuable but certainly hill and randolph are nowhere near as bad at contracts as some of these other guys are and could maybe help a, a playoff team maybe in more of a bench role at this point for some of those guys but i, mean, I would certainly be urging them to try to make that sort of a move it's just a question of what the price is going to be to get some of these teams off of off of money but i think you know it makes more sense if you're one of these teams that's trying to get off of money to do it now so you can get another guy either in randolph or hill maybe who would help you a little bit this year and maybe to get towards the playoffs as opposed to waiting until the summer when you get less value from those guys especially because they'll be a year older we are in agreement here and and also so you talked about the idea of where these young players are like of the guys let's exclude De'Aaron Fox because I think there's no argument about him of their other young guys which ones would you say unambiguously are assets on their rookie on their rookie scale contracts right now um Scal Frank Mason not on a rookie scale contract technically but you know making very little um healed Willie Cauley-Stein that's probably it and Justin Jackson's close it's just that we haven't seen much I the Kings have a better idea on him than we do just because he hasn't played that much especially yeah. recently well I mean they've been yeah. desperate for production at the three and he hasn't really been playing so that, uh, that right and and his stats have been awful and he's also an older guy as well so i'm not sure um you know, what to expect from him but the, he'll play more and we'll kind of i mean the, and, and i don't mind the strategy i mean yeah you know what like first round picks don't work out but if you have enough of them maybe you can get some of them working out it's just a question sure. of what is really the star potential for the guys uh, well, on the team at this point but but the downside of that if you remember is that they traded down and so they they acquired two picks they got justin jackson yeah. and harry giles from what would have been a stronger pick and we've seen how good the top end of this draft has been yeah they would have taken zach collins i'm sure <laughs> or malik monk who's who's not been very good in charlotte rather than uh Kennard, who's quietly actually has been pretty decent for detroit and, and obviously mitchell was awesome um because you know they already had a million two guards they wouldn't take another one you'd have to imagine um they do have that four million in space they could be a receptacle for a team close to the tax of portland for noah vonley they could very easily uh, be a receptacle for him i would uh, love that by could- the way <laughs> 
just just, just as if as another like, option, and because they can wait out the restricted market with him if they want to. Von, they Von like, is not another option anymore. I I, I think he's. I actually went on that uh, the Trailcasters podcast and talked a lot about the Blazers. We talked about Von, but I mean, I'm just you know not really seeing. I mean, maybe he could be a viable backup for certain teams, but not this team. They already have a million bigs, and and I don't really get it there. Or Bryce Johnson. Um, you know, maybe if the Warriors, who we're going to talk about in a second, want to just try to reduce their tax bill by moving one of their more superfluous guys, um, that that might they could be receptacle there. But there are quite a few of these teams that have you know a fair amount of space. Phoenix, who we just talked about, is in that same category. And also remember, they don't have an open roster spot right now, so it is harder for them to make a move. They're going to have to have something corresponding as well, which they could do, but they yeah, have to. yeah, they would have to waive someone because uh, every contract is guaranteed now, basically. So they would have to waive someone uh, before they could take on another contract that because the whole point of it is you're not sending someone back i mean maybe you know if it were the warriors and like nick young then they could send back like malachi richardson or something i think that would that would i think that would be a legal trade maybe they'd have to throw someone else in as well and then the warriors could waive richardson um let's see here uh most likely player to be traded on this squad vince carter only expiring contract uh oh as a way to just like take back bad money or if he just decides he wants to be somewhere he also to me is most likely to be bought out i just don't see any other move that really makes sense for them so you know it's i yeah. would say it's like a 10 percent chance that vince carter gets traded but everybody else is less than 10 yeah yeah he'll just make so much it's tough uh, it would really have to be kind of a larger deal um yeah and carter i mean it, we have to think about that as like who would be a good trade for carter just a, a guy who expires in 2019 who makes about the same money just to, for a team that's trying to get off of a, Got, a little bit there you, you wonder how the negotiations were with george hill like if they could have offered him 25 million would he have taken that and then they could have done a lighter guarantee on the second year or was it did he just say hey i can get i can get 40 million locked in that's better than 25 one year yeah well i'm sure they had to massively overpay yeah i mean like maybe like a vince carter for Darrell arthur type of trade might be mm-hmm. something they would think about although you know to take on arthur as a second rounder enough like probably not you know maybe well you could Denver do a first maybe you could do their first for the and have the king second in there something like that so it's a, a downgrade yeah. of half a yeah. round maybe that could do that the king's uh don't they have like some problem with their 2019 second i guess it would be 2018 so it would matter um all right th- that's enough there I-, I think i guess i would go with hill uh as the most likely to be traded maybe yeah i, I think i'd go with hill um let's get to golden state now the warriors are a whopping 16.1 million over the luxury tax they have no open roster spots they are way over the tax for next season too so their motivations presumably would be to lower the tax bill if possible and free up a roster spot or two which would be done in the same trade and theoretically what that would be is trading somebody ideally for them involving no assets but who knows maybe and they also have a lot of cash on hand but they probably intend to use that to buy the 38th pick in the draft again and try to get somebody else who could be a good player but they want to try to do that so that they could get a, a buyout guy because the Warriors are of course a desirable buyout local landing spot well I mean, Nick Young had a nice game yesterday but overall it's been a massive disappointment and if they could move on from him right now they have a 32.3 million dollar tax payment scheduled if they get rid of his five million they would you know not have to pay about half of that so that's like 2.5 million then they also lower their tax bill by a cool 12 million dollars of just cold hard cash in a joe lakeup's pocket now might be a little sensitive with young considering that kd in theory took less to enable he and andre guadala to be signed but i think it's pretty clear young has not produced to that level and you know maybe there would be you could probably get a buyout guy who would give you about the same as nick young has um so i you know i thought that just because they're on the mind there's plenty of other teams and permutations of this that young they have about two million dollars that they can send out to pay his salary their second rounders are pretty worthless because they're right at the end of the second round obviously even their first rounder you wonder how valuable that's necessarily going to be but i mean if i were them i would be thinking very seriously about trying to find a way to move on from young because he just is not worth his salary and he just yeah he can make some shots but he's so bad defensively and you know he's had half of a year to get into better shape and, and he still looks pretty bad on d the other options uh, his cinnamon challenge buddy javel mcgee is at the minimum 
minimum, so it's not nearly as big of an impact on the luxury tax, but he has been largely out of the rotation for the last little while. McGee's yeah, situation... With, yeah, yeah, go ahead. You were about to say it. Yeah, the, the complication with McGee is that as a one-year player who will get, uh, early in his case, early bird rights at the end of it, he has an implicit no-trade clause, so he might just want to go somewhere where he can actually play. That's an entirely a possibility, but he also might not. So that's there. Kevon Looney is an option, but the problem with that is Kevon Looney is contributing to this team, and the Warriors would probably not want to give away a player who who is in that circumstance and yeah. they i mean well, jordan bell could do everything that he could it's just that he they, could they, they need him as like the oh jordan bell like you screwed up once we got to take you out guy the james michael mcadoo trademark safety belt or safety yeah. blanket well, it, in fairness to looney he's way better than mcadoo ever. oh way McAdoo better actually just got released from his two-way with the sixers so they could sign demetrius jackson correct and so and and some have brought up oh zaza patchouli zaza patchouli is not going to get traded that's just not the way this is going to work yeah. and he also actually could veto a trade as well he can't and so with looney he can't veto a trade and they declined the option on him so what that means is that he is going to be an unrestricted free agent but they can sign him to any value up to an including the salary the option they declined which was about 2.2 million that's a possibility we don't exactly know where the Warriors big man rotation is going and then the other ones I don't expect to see anything here but theoretically if they decided to with Damian Jones being most likely if they've soured on him in the last two months since they picked up his his 30-year player option they could theoretically move on from him but I doubt it yeah and JaVale I mean really the only way you're going to be able to trade him likely I mean he has no incentive to agree to a buyout whatsoever uh and he's not really making that much anyway I mean the only way you would probably get him to agree to a trade is if you sent him somewhere where he'd be likely to play and i'm not really sure exactly where that is anyway so they're in a little bit of a situation with him i, I still think i guess nick young would probably be my player most likely to be traded now if they wanted to actually like you know get better <laughs> this year i mean what are their team needs if they wanted to just kind of shore things up a little bit shooting is the biggest one out because we talked about this yesterday outside of their main three guys they just don't have a lot of that and Caspi used to be that guy but he's even not really doing that much that he's been a value contributor but just not as really a shooter this year and also depending on how they want to use Sean Livingston a point guard who can catch and shoot is actually really nice for this team it was something that Quinn Cook brought some value when yeah. he was out there Ian Clark did too back in the day as well and so they could get somebody more in that that style either to fit with the second unit or to replace Steph Curry when he when he sits due to rest and all that kind of stuff that's is, really is more going of a happen. regular season thing though I, I sure think. And they're, yeah. they're they're not even worried about getting the number I mean the the tough thing about trying to improve for them is you know I'm not really sure what player is out there who is really going to help because their problem is that Iguodala McCaw and Draymond Green to a lesser extent but still a, a troubling one just can't make any shots and obviously Livingston has never been able to and so but where you're gonna I and mean, they still want to have those guys out there for their defense and so where you're going to get someone who can make a shot and play defense to the level of those guys you know i'm not sure that person is out there even if they're willing to say hey you know what we'll take on someone you know we'll trade nick young to you give up our first round pick and take someone on you know i'm not sure exactly uh who that would be who might be available i don't happen to really think anybody necessarily and they of course are very loath to take on any money for next year the most likely and it's completely unlikely thing there would be if they could sort of induce a player on another team to buy out just on the idea that hey you'll get this opportunity on the Warriors like that sort of a thing could happen and that probably wouldn't be through a trade but I don't even know who that would be but that would be kind of the dream is say hey give up x amount of money if you can give up x amount of money we this spot is for you they did they haven't been able to do that because the opportunity hasn't presented itself but something the Warriors have dealt with in recent years is that having that roster spot is incredibly valuable and now the the cost of that roster spot is very prohibitive if they just have to cut somebody like let's say they get past the deadline and they cut JaVale then they're adding money on top of that as opposed to clearing out something and then adding something yeah I think really if you wanted to look at wing guys who could in theory help them you know maybe like a Joe Harris might be someone who's going to be restricted free agent but that doesn't really make much sense but maybe you know if they could trade harris get rid of young give up their first round pick but you know i'm not sure harris is going to play even over the guys that are so shooting challenged right now you know if the heat were out of it maybe wayne ellington could have been someone that they could have targeted but uh tyreek evans doesn't really fit a need there needing to have the ball in his hands as he does so i don't really think the player is out there who is going to be a free agent this year that they could trade nick young for and throw in their first round pick who's really going to help them could they pull 
pull a Tyreek Evans and get Garrett Temple to commit to waiving his player option? Oof. Yeah, Temple could help them, but I, I still, I mean, he makes a lot of money too. I mean, you, they would have to take on $3 million more million even if they were to move on. And all the luxury tax that goes on yeah. top of it. Right. Uh, so, no, I mean, I, I would expect a quiet deadline. Um, I, I would say my most likely to be traded would be Nick Young. Who would yours be? JaVale. But, but what about, why would he agree to the trade though? Maybe he just is simpatico and, and understands that they're, I, I mean, I agree with you that if you were playing the game, what you do is you try to force a buyout and then you just go wherever the hell you want because he's going to be taking the minimum anyway. So all the yeah. same options are open. He, he has no reason to even to agree to a buyout. Like, but I, I just don't see a Nick anymore. Young. I think they're all, these are all really low likelihood things. So yeah, I'm no, just, I agree. Just with you. I mean, I think just from the personality standpoint, I think they just, you know, KD is not going to think that his personnel skills to go uh, recruit nick young and draymond to go recruit nick young uh and pay him this money um you know uh didn't really work out so i I agree i think for personal reasons i doubt it with young but you know if i were running things that's what i would i would look to do you know if you didn't have to worry about the personal considerations all right i think we are done here this of course uh, went much longer than we always think it's going to (laughs) uh thank you so much for listening and thanks to everyone who watched the true nba show yesterday as well they uh we had over 170,000 views uh, on Periscope so pretty incredible thank you to, to all you who watched that uh Seth Curry actually stopped by and uh we said hello to him and he commented uh yeah I can't stand C-Web <laughs> in the uh in the chat so that that was pretty funny um so with his brother playing it's good to see him in there we get get a few other media personalities who pop in from time to time in the comments as well and uh answer a lot of questions it's really becoming a lot of fun so and we pre- appreciate your support and you know we got Wish as a sponsor so these next few episodes at least they're not signed on for the whole season yet uh but hopefully they will do so if we get the type of viewership that we're hoping for so please watch that our next episode will probably be saturday uh assuming james harden plays which it looks like he's probably going to uh, against uh the warriors and another thing i wanted to ask you guys too is if you would be interested um for patreon if you're not currently a subscriber if we posted ad free episodes of this show for patreon subscribers i think uh with the interns we have the bandwidth to do that now if we think it actually would drive some subscription so if you are not a subscriber and you would want to subscribe to get ad free episodes i'm not sure how much the ads annoy you hopefully not that much but uh if that's something you'd be interested in please tweet at me and uh you know we can try and make that happen for you guys anything you want to say before we depart i'll probably on the patreon note i'm going to try to do the danny story time on my spencer dinwiddie piece on wednesday during the day so subscribers can get that at some point and then i'll keep on trying to do that i don't uh, i i have another piece for real gym that's almost done right now so that'll probably be the next one and at some point my episode with tim bontemps for real gym radio is coming out i still don't know when we're dealing with this insane tech issue that has now taken five days to resolve but it will come out at some point all right thanks again to draft for sponsoring today's program you can download the app anytime by searching draft in your app store join a game in minutes or play from your computer on draft.com uh, with those snake drafts for limited time only all new players get a free entry into the draft when you make your first deposit by using that familiar promo code cap space play a real money game for free using the promo code cap space on your first deposit.